I want to yeah. get great at something. I want to be great at something. I need to pick something. So I knew it was pretty easy for me personally to say, I am not going to school. I am done with that. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Tuesday Morning Coffee. This week's episode is with my buddy Mark Mayer. And Mark and I met a few years ago. We were both working at VaynerMedia. And I was just instantly blown away with this dude's ability to storytell and edit. I mean, he's just all around uh, a really, really strong creative. And so I was super pumped for us to sit down and chat this week. Mark now works out of a production house in Los Angeles called Boy in the Castle. And this man's hands have graced some of the biggest music videos, I'm going to say of all time. He would probably argue with me there, but I think it's really true. We talked a lot about creative process, his early upbringing, and he gave me sort of an inside look as to what it's like editing a music video for Justin Bieber. Whether you are an editor, a creative, or just interested in what it's like to exist and work in major A-list productions, this episode has got a ton packed into it. And now it is time for Tuesday Morning Coffee with Mark Mayer. Well, Mark, thank you for for jumping on the podcast. I'm really, really stoked to have you here, and stoked for a uh, for for a handful of reasons. One, like you and I had an opportunity to work together in the past, and we haven't had an opportunity to like chop it up in a while. So I'm excited on that end. But also, you know, historically in these episodes, I always try and keep things pretty airy, like more like the inspirational route and high level conversations and stuff like that. But you are such an absolute savage of an editor that I really want us to like dive in deep on this episode into the the nitty and gritty of of content creation and editing and making stuff at a high level uh, like yourself. Got it. Awesome, bro. I mean, I'll, I'll help uh, yin and yang some airiness back into the situation because um, while there's plenty of work to be done, uh, a lot of it gets done by uh, <laughs> by having that, you know, that woo balance, if you will. So um <laughs> yeah man i'm looking forward to diving into this absolutely well give me i mean give me a little bit of your background i mean i mean i know like um you move from the east coast to the west like myself i'm on the west coast now too and so i would love to hear just kind of a little bit of how you found yourself in this uh this content creation world um give me a little bit of the story of the the origin story and, and how you've gotten to where you are right now for me personally it was definitely uh, one of those situations to where I just was really lucky to start at a very young age. So um, I remember, for instance, when I was around perhaps six or seven, I get this cereal box game from an aunt or something, and uh, it's called My First Movie Maker, and it was a Spider-Man edition. So I popped this into like an old Windows, you know, when you used to have like the home computer in the living room that everyone shared, Windows 97, um, you know, I would pop this thing in there and start uh, piecing together these moments. It was like you take all these comic book environments and sound effects and pop up words and characters and you could animate them through the situation and create scenes and dialogue and all kinds of stuff. So at a super young age and a very, very much so for pure play, started diving into putting things together and, you know, creating worlds and um and showing people so i remember i would try to make something and i would have this feeling like yo i'm about to show like my mom and my dad and like my sisters like this thing i just made and so it was like the initial seed of that process um kind of being planted at a really young age so you know i i say that to say if if you know if you're in this industry it's it's great to those little 
kids for those little toys for kids or little introductory games are like literally the foundation for me personally on a big way. So um, they, they, they come in handy. If you got kids, throw them a my first movie maker game. But um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, other than that, like uh, I had a grandpa that was always filming home movies. So like Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever, someone's walking around with a camera. Hey, like, you know, talk to the camera. Everyone's shying away or playing around. And then we'd go back and watch these home movies and I'd see people that have passed away or maybe I never met or I get to see my mom as like a little girl or I get to see like me when I was a baby. And like just watching home movies really was such a magical, intimate um, part of life for me. I just I, it was it was so meaningful for me to like watch our family history through this through this medium. And so uh, I was around seven when my parents bought a camera and and for our own home movie camera. So now it's not just when we're at grandma and grandpa. It's like we have a Sony now. It's recording on high eight. My dad, I remember like it was yesterday. He's like, don't touch this. Don't touch the screen. This is a very sensitive, yeah. expensive <laughs> piece of equipment. And that same day, I'm like running around with it, like filming everything, making skits in the backyard, learning how to edit by just like starting to record and then stopping and then picking it back. Kind of like how we do TikTok now. Um, mm-hmm. Even to the point I used to tape a, a MP3 player to the Sony, press play and record at the same time, stop and pause at the same time, and then like to keep it would be so shitty. You could hear the wow. you could hear the skips and stuff, but that was my attempt of trying to like keep the audio synced up. Um, so yeah, bro, I, I basically started learning the prince and I, I mention all this. Um, this is obviously not professional experience or anything, but like this was for me personally my actual introduction to this stuff i was very young it was purely from a place of play and fun and i enjoyed it so i continued doing that dude middle school making skits i started a youtube channel with my best friend um we're making stupid really dumb skits but just having a blast doing it and um you know making skate videos dude and just having so much fun with it and about the time high school comes you know it's like you know, you're starting to man up. It's like, you know, I got to make money. I got to like take care of myself eventually. Like, how am I going to do this? And I realized people will pay you to do this thing that I love to do. They'll pay you to make videos and take photos and do graphic design and edit and all this stuff. And so, um, for me, there was just, it was, that was a beautiful thing. So I got on Craigslist and started making posts like, Hey, I'll edit, I'll graphic design. I'll take a photo. I'll do anything like just, hire me i'll do anything literally um (laughs) and so you know and that got the ball rolling that got the ball rolling and there's clients to this day that i still work with that i met from that exact craigslist post so yeah man very humble beginnings but the whole point for me is like for me personally it's been very much just an experience of continuing to allow it to be a hobby and allow it to be something that I just genuinely love to do. It should feel like play. It should feel like it should you're, it, it should be fun. You know what I'm saying? You should enjoy yeah, doing yeah. this. And then it just so happens that it's actually useful because other people just don't know how to do it. And you're actually helping people create their visions. Um, you're actually helping people have a story to enjoy or to be captivated in or a music video to forget about everything that's going on and fall into this world someone else has created for three minutes, you realize it has value outside of your own intrinsic personal value. It has world value. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how I personally, those are the very beginning roots of like my interest in all of this stuff. 
Yeah, man, it's funny. I, it, dude, like as you were explaining the your dad not wanting you to like touch the camera, do something like that. I was having flashbacks because I'm pretty sure my father and I had the exact same conversation. Yeah. I remember one time, like he w- he actually let me take the camera into the backyard. And uh, I like filmed a little skit with my friends and then we took it in. And this is back like before there was just like importing footage. So you had to play the footage. Back and re- re- yeah, you had to record it back into the computer. Yeah. And I remember he was so mad at me when he was watching this footage play into the computer because I was being way too rough with the camera. Yeah. He was like, you can't make this. Just like put the camera away. <laughs> just shut me down immediately. It's so funny. And it's still it's actually uh, my dad and I have kind of reconnected over it recently because my dad uh has like started to get into photography he's like gotten a camera he's like shooting around and stuff and it's it's the same way and i guess that's just like the the generational thing but he's so precious with his camera (laughs) and like every little thing is is just like perfect and pristine on it and i'm the most brutal like i i bought a uh, an r5 and Mm -hmm. literally my first day out dropped it in the middle of the shoot (laughs) it's got a huge crack in the side of it now and just as it happened i was like yo my dad would be losing his mind right now if he saw me (laughs) treating this camera this way so that's funny to hear but that that sounds awesome and i think in you know our, our stories kind of overlap in that way did you ever pursue a more like formal route of education or has this been just like school of hard knocks just learning kind of on the job your whole life it's been mostly learning on the job. I will say that um, when I was in high school, I was really lucky. I went to like a, com- a communication school. They had this program where they would send us to the, commun- the the town's community college a little early there in Fayetteville. And so in high school, I got to hop on a bus and instead of going to fourth, a third and fourth period, I would be taken to community college where I did a graphic design and advertising uh, certification. So a part of those courses, um, like the whole first half was like physical drawing and stuff, had a blast. That was super fun. But the whole second half was essentially um, learning InDesign and Photoshop um, and all of these other Adobe programs. I was already into After Effects and Premiere at the time, so the, I was able to kind of jump into it and learn it quickly. But it forced me to learn those programs that I may not have learned so easily otherwise. Um, and I've used those a lot, like frequently when I, I always, I always feel like Megatron when I like, cause I, it always starts with premiere and I'm editing in premiere and then I have to do something in after effects and I open after effects and then I'm like, okay, now I got to do some Photoshop. And once I get the trifecta open and it's like premiere <laughs> after effects, Photoshop, they're all dynamically linked. I just feel yeah. like, ah, you know, and the only reason I could do that is because of the certification in gra- that I got from that uh, community college. So, um, I would say that, you know, it was just a few classes. It's not like I got a degree or anything, but I, it was super useful, that those classes that I did take. But with that being said, that's like maybe 5% of the whole situation. I would say mostly it's all about just like doing it for me personally. Yeah, just. yeah. I mean, that's, that's something because, you know, I like I dropped out of college too. I briefly, briefly attended like a community college um, mm-hmm. where I like I failed my first photography class because it was just like didn't click. Right. And it's mm-hmm. funny. That's that's my life. But it's always been one of those things I've noticed that um, the speed and urgency at which this like whole world moves mm-hmm. a traditional school just like generally can't keep up with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in my mind, like film school right now should probably be teaching you like social uh, theory and like how to make TikToks and things like that. And that's just never going to actually happen. There's too much sort of like 
uh, prestige, I think, like lined up in that stuff. And so, yeah, man, like it's good to hear that it was all like on the job because it's just that's that's real life, mm-hmm. you know. And, it and just, man, I mean, how it is. you know, I think I get so far removed from it because I meet so many people who are so far removed from that, that it becomes um, I almost forget. But I remember when that was a pivotal point in life. Because I was in the same situation. I was going to that same college. Now I graduated high school and I'm actually going to that college for real, for real. And I did a whole first semester. I was going for business admin. I failed business law one. So now it's second semester. I go, I pull up in my truck. I go back into that class and it's a new class, same teacher, same shitty business law one that I super hated, like could not function in this class. And so I, I, I went back out to my car after that class and I felt horrible. I mean, like, I, I have no other way to explain it except for sitting in this class. Like, first of all, you feel like a failure. You look at all these bright eyed. You already sat through this class once and hated it. Now you have to sit through it again because you hated it so much. And so it's just like, whoa, dude, like super had no idea what I was doing to myself. Super confused. Go out to my truck and I'm thinking to myself like, yo, this isn't working. Because at the time I'm doing music videos for my friends. I'm shooting commercials for clients that I could find. Um, I'm doing wedding videos as much as I can for, for brides that I could find. And at the same time, I'm trying to go to school for business admin while I'm running the business. And I just felt like, um, I wasn't good at any of it. I knew I was spreading myself too thin and I knew I, I knew ultimately I either need to like seriously do school, just focus on school, or I need to like take all that energy that I'm putting into trying to keep up with school into my business. And if I do my business, I have to pick one of those three too. I can't be doing commercials, wedding videos, and music videos, yeah. or I'll never be great at all. And that's how I felt. I was like, I want to yeah. get great at something. I want to be great at something. I need to pick something. So I knew it was pretty easy for me personally to say, I am not going to school. I am done with that. Like, but it was still yeah. scary. Both my sisters graduated, I have degrees and like, it just felt, I was the first one in the family to like, not do this, like, school thing and so i I felt like i had to have like a damn good reason to you know what was that impact like on your sort of like personal and family life was that like tough on the the folks and stuff like that or Mm. were they pretty understanding um i would say you know they were slightly concerned or skeptical perhaps but for the most part it was just like you know at this point i had already like i already had my business going so they could kind of see it's not like i was just showing potential to maybe do something i was already doing something i was like creating videos i had contracts i had um clients i was i had an office space like we had stuff going on already mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a well if you you know if you guys don't need it in your industry like they didn't really understand it at all so they were yeah. just kind of like you know like trusted me but at the same time was like mm, it didn't i didn't <laughs> I didn't feel the full belief just yet. It was like, yeah, let's see where this goes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's tough too, because it's mentioning the whole, like everything's new. I think my family had a, had a similar kind of adverse reaction because they were like, what do you mean you're going to go make videos for a living? Especially whenever I was like, I'm going to move to New York and I'm just going to figure it out. And they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) You know, like there was so much of that. But in the long run now, it's like, I think it's actually developed us into, into having a better relationship because they're like, oh, like we saw how insanely hard you worked because you didn't have the, the college backing or anything like that. Like you really have to, to figure things out. So that's cool. For sure. And you know, dude, we both worked at Van we both work for Gary like we know you know the message he says is very true about like it's 
you can't you can't live for other people you know what i'm saying like you just yeah, gotta do yeah. what you do and then i honestly it's made my relationship with my family so much better because it's very authentic it's it's not me trying to like appease them in these strange ways it's like i'm living my life i'm able to connect with y'all very authentically and have a great relationship and you know we don't pressure each other into like what we think we should be doing you know yeah <laughs> well uh well, you mentioned kind of like the three categories of work and music videos being one of them. You also mentioned Fayetteville. And uh, for anyone who's listening to this podcast and not watching it, you got the Dreamville t-shirt on. So talk to me about the the impact of, of Fayetteville and being around kind of the, the hip-hop world that mm. is centered there and how that influenced the, the work you were doing. Man, I mean, hugely, hugely. Um, coming out to LA, and still to this day, I've lived out here for a very long time. I just, I won't stop talking about Fayetteville. Like, it is, mm-hmm. it, it bred me. Um, at a dude, when I interviewed you to come on at Vayner, I mean, I remember you, you saying that you were like, I want to like build something in LA and take it back to Fayetteville. Yeah, you know? and that's like, I remember that being like that's sick. Like, hell yeah, that, that appreciate bringing you, it man. home kind of thing. Thank you. That's what's <laughs> that's what I've been able to do so far, and it's been such a beautiful, fulfilling process, and. I feel like I'm just scratching the surface on what that actually looks like. Um, But nonetheless, like, you know, dude, I'm in high school. One of the first music videos I'm shooting is like for my friend, because I have a bunch of friends that are rappers in this school, you know, and that's a blessing to go to a school where there's talent, where there's people making music that are also your friends that you can use your camera and ask. Like, I don't know if we even asked anybody. I think we just like stayed after school and started shooting in the library and then shot some scenes in the in the hallway and then out in the front. So like being able to just get creative with my friends, like in that, at that capacity really was so big. And then branching out of high school, getting into the local Fayetteville scene, there's tons of artists at this time. As soon as I'm getting into the game, J Cole is signed. He's shooting. He, he just released a video uh, at that time you know, who that, where he's walking through downtown Fayetteville. He signed to Jay-Z. It has millions of views. Everyone's talking about the Ville all of a sudden. This small town of 200,000-something people that, like, no one knows about. Now they know about us. But it just showed us that even if you're in the country of North Carolina with, like, damn near no resources and you feel completely disconnected from all the other culture in America, it's like, wow, there's, a there's like, someone made it from our little village. Like, what? What? So that blew my mind and made me realize that we could do stuff on levels that I had never ex- thought of before. Um, so, yeah, dude. And I think the whole city felt that the whole city was like, oh, we're all sleeping on ourselves. So everyone's going hard trying to, like, find their best self. And I was just able to be a part of that where I'm out there shooting videos for all these different people in Fayetteville with no resources, literally just a T2I and like. vibes (laughs) so (laughs) dude i mean i have video like hanging out the back of a truck with a jib crane like having my friend drive the truck getting like shots of people riding atvs through the street like just whatever we could come up with that you know this is before permits and before i knew that producing and directing and editing were three separate entirely separate jobs Mm -hmm. this was when it's just like yo we're making videos i'm gonna make your video (laughs) <laughs> I'm a writer. I'm gonna do everything. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, that definitely, that definitely got me going. It got, it gave me the momentum. It gave me the confidence. It gave me, dude, those skills of just meeting people, having, being able to stay focused on a vision, communicate about a vision, 
they have ideas, you have ideas. Those ideas go to war sometimes, you know what I'm saying? You figure out which is the best one. You you know, all of that process of working with clients, um, like now working with much bigger artists in the industry and whatnot, it always feels like I learned the principles in, in Fayetteville. And so like, yeah, that's, so I got a lot of love for the hometown, man. That was like the incubator uh, for everything yeah. I got going on now. I love that, man. I think uh, I, I like hearing those sort of early day stories and uh, the going from like doing every single job on a set, like you're coming up with uh, concepts and producing and directing and you're filming and then you're the person like importing the footage to start hacking away at it. Mm hmm. You know, I, I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's kind of this big difference between an editor at that stage or, or creative because you're really making those creative decisions versus the level you're at now, which is like there's so many moving parts and so many people involved. And do, how much do you feel like you're able to to make those creative decisions versus taking direction from a team, from an artist and trying to like deliver your best work in that way? Mm -hmm. Great, great question. That's a great question. I mean, ultimately, yes, the process is entirely different. Um, but at the same time, I mean, look, the way I look at it is it's, it's more about collaboration. Now, when you, when you graduate from being the run and gun one man show, I pull up and do everything. I don't even, I don't got a team. I don't need a team. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot, there's people who, yeah, are, who yeah, stay yeah. there for long periods of time. And hey, more, hey, yeah. if that's what, if you're having fun doing that and, you're, and your clients are happy, then that's a beautiful thing. Go at it. Like I've done that. That's, it's fun for a bit. And like, um, and some people don't ever stop doing that. But like, I just always would watch the real stuff. Like the amazing artistic incredible things that could never be made by one person the first of all like let's just and that's the that's the hard truth that sounds insulting to the one one man show running gunners but it's like bro the most incredible intricate detailed dynamic pieces of art you've ever witnessed weren't just created by one individual fella or gal it's like yo like it, there is an art. There's a true art to collaboration. And I have fallen more in love with that than proving how much I can do by myself. Like, it's cool to be able to shoot well and act and edit and do this and do this and I color and I do this. And it's like, cool. But like, at some point, you're not being, you may not be super honest with yourself about how good you are at each of these things. Because <laughs> yeah. like, the, what, the way I see it is it's all about finding that guy that is so sick with the color he's nasty with the color you can't touch him on the color he should he should be the colorist okay cool that's one thing and then like taking all the things whether it's sound design the edit the you know all the different things and picking the people assigning the people who are super aligned and super capable in that department in that specialty department and that is what the creative process looks like now for me and when people hire me um, whether I am the creative getting popped into a department or I'm the one that's like helping decide who's getting into what section, that is a beautiful, fun process because it's like a little Megatron. It's like, dang, Babin would smash this edit. Let's get Babin on this edit. And then like this person would be great at shooting it. And then you all create something magical together that none of you would have been able to do by yourself. And now you're all posting that and you teamed up and it was like a fun and there's it's beautiful like y'all get to squat up and make stuff together like yeah. that's fun like why would you yeah. not <laughs> I, I love that and it's it's weird because i think that um 
there's almost this mindset that, you, that if you are not the person doing everything, that you're doing something wrong in a weird way. I think especially mm-hmm. maybe in like um, YouTuber world that, that I really like exist and live in, like you, mm-hmm. you have to be, you have to be the everything. And mm-hmm. it's been, it was like pretty recent that I, and especially I think coming from Vayner where like you are, just, you are doing everything, you're doing mm-hmm. every single job, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just now kind of letting go of that. And I'm being like, you know what? I think that it's smart for me to like bring on a more talented cinematographer than myself to like help me shoot this thing. And then like, mm-hmm. ultimately we all achieve a lot more. So it's one of those things that I just, I know there's someone listening to this is like, no, I want to do every job. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't, you know, like mm-hmm. you gotta like that self-awareness is tough to tough to get to, but it's important. For sure. And it's a balance. It's a balance. Cause like, I, that's why I really enjoyed working at Vayner for the year that I did, because it was all about speed. It was all about quantity. It was all about, um, you know, doing it all yourself and being, you know, minimalizing the team and make just being super effective. Mm -hmm. And dude, that's fun. That's like an addictive, like fun way to live your life. It's like, cool. Yeah, we'll just make it happen. And ultimately that same energy is needed even in the bigger, like where more collaborative spaces. Um, I, I, I truly think it is a balance because the people that I see in the big collaborative spaces as well, if you're better at picking the best cinematographer, when you know how to shoot a little bit, or if you know a little, the more you know about editing, the better you're going to be at selecting a good editor. Um, the same thing with like set design, dude. If you're super into designing stuff and you understand all these different theories and you have all this experience, when you go to hire a designer, you're going to, you you know what you're looking for. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's okay to be super knowledgeable about every part of the process. I think the danger isn't getting addicted to like, cause let's admit it, it's be super fulfilling. If I dropped a video right now, that was fire. And I'm like, I directed, I produced, I edited, I wrote it. I didn't even call a friend and tell him about it. I just did it all yeah. myself. Like this just came from all me. Like no one else gets credit but me. Like that's, that that's like a that would be fun it's like cool look at all these things you can do that's really neat i think there's some people that kind of have that vibe and and are great with it but ultimately to be sustainable and also dude we're 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 a we're a social creature man like this stuff gets lonely i don't want to create alone man i want to hop on a creative call with my buddies and chop the idea and you know catch up on a personal tip too like i I think it's just all about how you want to approach it. There's no right or wrong in this stuff, but I can tell you that it, you know, it can get lonely. So why not find creatives that you really vibe with and make art with them and build your businesses together and watch your friends glow up and grow up. And like, you can take tabs from their book and they learn a lesson that you didn't have to learn. And now, you know, like it's big, it's a collaborative art, man. It's a team sport. It's a team sport. And trying to be out here being the one man on your team, it's like, you know, to me, it just feels a little ego driven. And so that's yeah, where I kind of yeah. back off because, dude, that's another thing. Then working in this industry, especially in music videos and whatnot, like, bro, there's not the ego stuff, man. That's that's not going to get you far behind the scenes because the whole point yeah. of behind the scenes is we don't you don't have that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you got, like, man, it's not about like trying to get your name on it or trying to, you know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, like yeah, link yeah. up with these people, be be appreciative you're here give your best do your best and go hard and just make what you can and have fun doing it and like i don't know yeah (laughs) no it's all it's it's real man like and i um 
I think like the thing you just said there at the end like really really resonates the everyone like fighting to get their name on it mm-hmm. you know like I've had I've had a handful of projects recently where um, I've like brought people on to like help shoot a video whether it's gonna live on my YouTube or for a client or something and they're like all right cool like I'm gonna make a vlog out of it too and I'm mm-hmm. like well that's just gonna distract you from like the thing we're we're here to do and so I think. Uh, being like becoming okay with the grunt work and just like grinding and and pursuing things for the love of the art as opposed to only like getting your name on it and getting mm-hmm. your like 15 minutes of fame is is really really important but we've talked a lot about kind of like the early stages the process mm-hmm. uh my guy you you've worked on some massive massive projects um the other day whenever you posted the the timeline tuesday from the peaches video that was like the thing that inspired me i was like oh we should do a super deep dive editing episode and right before we hopped on i went and like checked i just wanted to get like one video statistic and i think peaches is at like 50 million views right now or something like that first off what does it feel like uh to have these these pieces of work you're putting out just absolutely i mean like viral is not even a good word for it we're talking about like culturally viral like everyone is like singing the song and has seen the video and your hands were like there cutting it all up what is that what's that feel like it's a blessing man it's it's i'm super appreciative for it um it truly is a blessing and i've made so many videos that no one will ever see um, so many videos that are sitting in the dark corners of YouTube, um, you know, and so to, to spend years creating things for myself or for the person that I'm creating with or for their like three fans um, and to, to, to be, you know, that's all I wanted was to, to at that time was like, wow, like, you know, you look up to the people who are doing it in, in the bigger way and the socially like everyone can see them like, wow, that's crazy. Um and then, so, so yeah, dude, ultimately it's amazing. I would say the best part of it is like watching reaction videos because um, anytime I finish an edit, I go to YouTube and in the first hour or two, the early movers are there, they made a reaction video and I get to see how humans are reacting because, you know, I'm in the lab all day. I'm, I'm here at the yeah. desk going in. Um, and so being able to see when I put that shot there for this purpose and their face lights up and they go, Whoa, or, Oh, like, and I'm like, ah, it resonated. It hit them. They got it. Yeah. They got it. And it's really crazy how sometimes these reaction video people dive deep and understand the, the concept you were trying to like, it's just amazing. So I, um, that's the best part about it. Just being frank. Um, other than that, it's super surreal because you go about your life and you go to the coffee shop or you go and the song's just playing everywhere. And you're just thinking in the back of your head, like I've been listening to the song for two months. <laughs> um, and it like just dropped, you get in the car, it's like power 106, you know, and they're, they're playing like all the stuff you just did. And it's like, so that's, it's cool. It's neat. Um, I'm just appreciative for it, man. It's, it, it truly yeah. is a blessing. I imagine like I can picture, you know, there's someone who was like probably an aspiring editor, like living in a small town similar to yourself. And all of a sudden now you're, you're working on these like a list musicians, videos and stuff. Talk to me about what the what the process is like, how you get brought into a project, how you even position yourself in a place where people know that you're a go to guy for for something of this scale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say ultimately study the game, just study the game, watch 10 music videos, do deep dives on the crew understand who's doing what it's actually a small industry there's only there's a couple hundred people out here doing this that like 
um, you know, it's a small industry. So just start to notice the names that pop up over and over. Who are the power players? Who are the people that have been in this game? You know, I, I would recommend studying the game from a, from a logistical standpoint like that. Uh, constantly staying creatively sharp as far as studying the art of the situation, watching videos that inspire you. Why does it inspire you? Who's your favorite director? Why? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like really getting mm-hmm. into the art of it as well yeah. as the, like kind of the, um, the business of it as well. Because like, dude, I had no connections in this stuff, man. I had zero. I was literally out there in the Ville working with local businesses and, um, it was that day in the parking lot that I was talking about earlier where I was like, I got to focus on something. And I decided to pick music videos because it was my favorite. Like the thought came in my head, well, pick the thing you love to do the most. Wedding videos are fun. Commercials are all right. But like music videos are like fun, right? So um, picking that and deciding to focus on it, studying the directors that I loved. I realized early, like Colin Tilly made my favorite work. I just noticed I watched all these videos and I've watched like, Look at me now with Chris Brown and Buster Rhymes, and I've never seen just a work of art like that. It was just so con- like frenetic and just amazing. Um, so, and I kept seeing his name. So I'm like, "Yo, uh, this guy's like, who is this guy? You know, he's only a few years older than me. He's making music videos, but he's doing it in this way that I really respect, right?" Um, so, and so this all goes into like how you position yourself because, dude, you got to be aware of who's doing what, of like what's going on around you. There's a whole world. There's tons of music videos being made right now. And you're this far away from like hopping on as a PA, whatever, because that's exactly what I did. I follow this. I'm like, okay, this Colin Tilly guy, he's making amazing projects. Cool. Follow Twitter, find his Facebook, start finding all the, like the people he's friends with that are producers. Like I'm creeping, I'm stalking. I'm like going through friend lists, like finding yeah. that she edits, she, this, this, you know, they're producing, like I'm stalking, adding all these people. Um, trying to just get into the mix online. One day he tweets looking for interns on a film. You know, boop, I'm in that, I'm in there immediately, like, yo, let me intern. That's another thing. That's the same way I got the job at Vayner, and that's the same way I got to where I am today is cold emails. Just, mm-hmm. hi, <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I want to help. Like, here's some things yeah. I've done. Like, here's some work. You know, you got to, if, if you've been going hard and you've been doing stuff and these people have been inspiring you and you've been taking those lessons and applying it to your work, then you can take that work and show them and they're going to see the principles there. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I did. And anyone can do that. Um, yeah. You know, and then essentially for me, that's exactly what it looked like. I came out, I interned for uh, 10 days on a short film for Colin. And while I was there, um, I met Vinny Hobbs, who is a professional editor in the industry. My OG, the guy that like, really put me on and showed me the game and, and helped me enter from being like the local country video guy to like, you could work on industry stuff, you know, like he really helped me with that transition. A lot of it, you just got to take yourself super seriously, man. You got to take yourself seriously. You got to respect that this is an art. This isn't just like a, a, a pipe dream. This isn't, you can't look at it the way your parents might look at it. You got to look at it the way the people on set look at it. This is an art, man. We're serious about this shit. Like, we love this shit. Yeah. We, like, we, this is our entire life. So, like, let's get serious. Let's get focused and let's have a lot of fun and let's make something amazing. For me, it was, like, putting myself out there, meeting people. You know, I'm on set. I'm PA and I'm taking trash out, dude. Like, it's, like, day seven. I'm taking trash out. I see a guy on a computer. He has Premiere open. What? Hell yeah, dude. What, what's up, bro? Like, I see you're in Premiere. I use Premiere, too. Um cool like what are you doing here oh i'm the editor for the whole project 
oh, you're like on set. Wait, you edit? Like Colin doesn't edit his own stuff? Like, no, I edit all of Colin's videos. What? Like my mind's being blown because I'm like, there's editors? <laughs> you just edit, right? Point is, dude, it's just that. It's just being open, meeting people, you know, um, and being down to do the work, man. I made that relationship and he started uh, providing me opportunities to kind of do some minor touch-up edits on videos. So he would send me like Migos Handsome and Wealthy video and be like, hey, sauce this up. So I would add some sparks, like basically add VFX enhancements and send mm -hmm. it back. He'd be super happy. Now I just did that. I'm starting to show like on my Instagram and to my friends like, hey, I just worked on this. And now their brains are going like, oh, shit, like Mark's working on like he just went from like our friend in the hallway to like now he's working on Amigos video. Like that's <laughs> so it creates this yeah. perception of elevation. But in reality, it's just like you're meeting different people. You're meeting the right people that are in the right places um, based off of simply, truly where you have decided to take yourself because you're a fan of that style of creation if it was a different director i would have met that person's editor and but it's just a matter of like you know what inspires you what's calling you really go there there's a good chance that the people that inspire you if you gave them the opportunity to meet you and to provide your best self they might be inspired by you they might want to work with you yeah. you know yeah. um and and you know that's the vibe tell me a little bit more like tactile um, we can you like, let's use the, the peaches video as an example, what that timeline looks like in terms of like, at what point do you get brought into the mix? Mm -hmm. Um, it, are you on set? Are you not on set? At what point are you like getting drives with footage? Mm -hmm. What is like your, your notes you're going off of? Like, take me like start to finish on a project of that scale. For sure. So, um, you know, this is gonna this is gonna branch a little out of just editing and into some other things because um, yeah. I, I just do some other things. So um, there was a whole time in my career though that I that I did a lot of just editing. So people would go shoot stuff. People would hit me up. Hey, Mark, we got this video. Uh, we're shooting this Thursday. We can have the footage to you on Friday. We need to cut by Wednesday. We need to lock by Friday. And we need um, you know. And it's just the you're just the post guy. Great. I mm -hmm. did that for a long time. That's a that's a fun thing to do. Um, that's like the actual just editing world, right? But in this case, uh, I work at Boy in the Castle. So that is the production company behind Peaches and a lot of these other music videos that we do. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm blessed to be able to edit with them. But also I post-produce as well. So um, And I, I kind of help assist Colin with whatever he needs. So I'm helping in pre-production. I'm helping on set. I'm there helping move things around and communicate between the team. It's funny, like actually I would tuck away on the set of Peaches to go do like some VFX work real quick on the Hold On video that was about to release. Cause oh, like yeah, we were yeah. delivering Hold On the day we were shooting Peaches. So it was just mm -hmm. like, so there's a lot of multitasking involved, but essentially, you know, we're there on set, we shoot Peaches, that goes great. I go home with those drives. Uh, again, this is kind of outside of the typical range of what an editor may do, but I work mm -hmm. at the production company. So like we're, we're a family where I'm involved in things that an editor wouldn't typically be involved in, but I'm taking these drives. Uh, you know, they're coming from our DIT. They're all uh, they're They have trans codes created and everything. And so now what I'm going to do is I'm either going to hire an assistant editor uh, to prep this footage for me, uh, which means syncing, syncing it up, um, you know, maybe putting a rough assembly down, um, but essentially organizing and ingesting all this footage right now in this case, um, for mostly of the reason is I had the time today and I wanted to, uh, I just AE'd it myself. So I took all this footage and start processing it. I start doing that AE job myself. So I'm going through, I'm syncing up all the performance takes. 
I literally went through and watched every single take that we had from front to back. And this is a huge thing for editors. Like, watch all your footage. If, you, if, if you're an editor, you should watch all your footage. You should watch every frame of it. I think watching all the footage is essential. I've had some people try to talk to me against it in the past. Like, I, ref, it, I have to watch all the footage if I'm going to edit this piece, right? So that I, I, that's a cheat code. That's a cheat code because when you're an editor, it sounds like God. I gotta. That's gonna be ridiculous, dude. You can press the L button and do a quick. You can you can <laughs> fast forward it a little yeah. bit, but like know what you're working with. Know if you give the time to sit back, dude. Maybe play some music. Maybe listen to an audio book. But watch every frame, and they'll speak to the frames. Will speak to you. It's like yo, that was fire. And then what I do on a performance video like Peaches is I'm tapping the M marker button. I'm watching it and I'm like, anytime I just feel a hit of dopamine and like, if I'm like, Oh, the frame there was perfect. The way they were all just staggered like that. Ooh. Oh, the way Bieber just looked at the camera. Ooh. Like, Oh, that would be a sick transition. Like, Oh, I like the way he said that. Like just anything that's like, mm, I like that. That could make the cut. Mm -hmm. I'm just tapping that marker. And then, you know, I do that for three minutes and the song's over and I go, there were 285 layers for peaches um, of performance selects. So, you know, I would turn that layer off, go to the next one, do the same thing again. And, you know, I do that five times before I start feeling like, ooh, okay, stretch for a second. And now I'm going to start mm -hmm. fast forward. And so now I'm pressing L and I'm watching them a little faster. So it, it, it kind of increases the intensity of the watching. And you're like a little faster with the M's. But, dude, you just do that. You get into that flow and you mm -hmm. do that. And now, boom, I have 285 layers of markered up footage. Um, and... Most of those were stacks because the chorus repeats like seven times, I believe. So in order, mm -hmm. so I actually only had to do it for a certain amount of layers and then would take that copy duplicate up, right? So I have the choruses mm -hmm. all stacked on top of each other so I could use the very best version of him saying that chorus wherever I wanted to. And I didn't have to do the marker select thing again because I did that first before I copy and pasted. So that was a cheat code. Um, so nonetheless, like, Boom, now I know all my selects. And in a situation like this one, um, we shot the three artists in all these different setups. And sometimes we have, we know exactly where things are gonna go, you know? Like it could, the video can kind of only look this way. We can, we can shape it a little bit in different directions and we can find mm -hmm. the flow and whatnot. But in, sometimes you just have more freedom. Peaches was a video where there was a lot of freedom. Um, as far as we could kind of put things wherever we felt they should go. So I'll do a first cut. I'll present that to typically uh, Vinny, like who, who's uh, at VH Post, Vinny Hobbs, the guy that I met on, on the set that day. Mm -hmm. I'll show him first and he'll kind of give me some, some initial feedback. I take that to Colin. Like now I'm showing Colin and Colin gives me his feedback and then I incorporate his and we kind of go back and forth like that for a few times. And then when we get it into a, a good place that we all feel confident about, now we're taking that and we're sending that to Bieber. And then Bieber is responding with feedback. And then I'm incorporating his feedback. And then now that he's taken us in this direction, we're realizing that we need to do these things to like make it make sense and to make it all flow right. So like, so now we're, it's just a, it's a collaborative creative process, you know? And um, yeah, it's just yeah. constantly revising and, um, and, you know, finding those best performance moments and, and figuring out what's going to live where and then how to make it make sense, you know, how to make it flow, yeah. make it feel like it has compartments, make it feel like it, you know, it, 
you want it needs to feel right um and so yeah it's 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 very much so a process like that and once you once you get the cut lock then you you know you go into color you go into vfx and uh then you do the online edit so you get everything back and you piece it all back together and um yeah that's that's kind of what that looks like was peaches was like production in one day like you filmed one day Mm -hmm. or was that multi-day one day and then what would you say like what's the amount of time you have to cut before it starts going out to like color and things like that Mm. so every project's different essentially whenever we do a contract with a client um they'll typically have like we a due date that they need the video so i will as the post producer i'll reverse engineer a schedule based on like that due date so if we're shooting for a simple for a simple like uh example if you have a month right and you're shooting on the first so you're gonna have the footage the night of the first and the videos due on like the 25th then i'll look at that calendar and essentially say okay well if the video is due on the 25th then we need to be onlining it on the 24th for delivery which means we need all final vfx by the 23rd and depending on how much vfx is in that video maybe they need a week so we need to start VFX on the 20th, which means color needs to happen on the 19th, which means that we need to be prepped for color the morning of the 19th or the 18th. So now I'm looking like from the 1st to the 18th is gives us some edit time. So that's actually hella time. This is that's like a long schedule right there. But the point is, is, you know, you'd be able to you essentially reverse engineer it like that. Yeah, and yeah. then um, and you might need to you might need to shorten that all so that you're not. Uh, coloring and doing VFX on the final days right before delivery. You might want to give yourself more padding on the back end, right? But the point is, is like, you know, uh, typically you're going to have a few days to get your first cut. You know, it's been, it. I I don't really hear of it going past a week for a first cut. Uh, I've done, I've had situations where I get footage, like on the Lil Pump Butterfly Doors video, that was a two-day edit and first cut long. Mm. So that was all it was. It was literally like dive in for a day, and then I had a second day where the director came and sat with me and just gave me feedback real time. And we had so mm-hmm. much fun just like coming up with funny yeah, ideas yeah. and just going at it. And then we send that and it's approved and boom, two days, you know, not every project's mm-hmm. like that. Um, some, yeah. you know, it takes a week and a half, two weeks to get a, a cut lock, a picture lock before you're able to move on into the next parts of the process. So it's just about being adaptable. You know, it's not about like, how long should it take? How, like, I think it's really important it's really important. And I'll I'll say this to creative leaders and I'll say this to, you know, creative professionals who are being led. It's just important to, um, have a sense of creative respect amongst your team to where like, you know, don't rush the artist, like don't rush the director, don't rush the editor. Like it's one thing, you know, we do need to be held accountable and we need to get stuff done, but I super appreciate when the people I work with and I'm blessed to be on a good team like this, to where it's like, bro, if we said we're going to have this first internal cut on Saturday and Saturday comes and I'm still feeling it out and I'm still in the flow with it, it's not about like, oh, bro, you said, oh, what the hell, dude? <laughs> it's like literally the responses I get yeah. just make a tear come from my eye because so many people would be like that. Like, what the fuck, dude? And it's like mm-hmm. the best, the people that make the best art hit me up like, hey, bro, don't stress it at all. Don't even think about it, bro. Don't even think about the timeline. Just stay in that flow, bro. Just stay in your flow. Whatever you need to stay in the flow, let me know. If you need to call or ask any creative questions, just like stay in that flow, bro. Like as long as I am tapped into it, because you want to be editing from a place of 
chiseling a work of art. You want to find the message. You want to tell the story. You want to milk this footage to be the best it can be. Um, and you can't do that when you're in producer mind of like, oh, it's two. I got to get this out by three. Like, oh, like, let me just <laughs> rush through this. Like, nah, man, get out of here with that. Like, so, you know, it, it's about having enough uh, responsibility and effectiveness to be able to control yourself, stay focused, stay in your zone, but like, don't be tyrannical about it, even to yourself or yeah. to other people. Like, be free flowing and understand that the vibe and the energy, approaching it with a with a positive, relaxed, focused on the story mind state, and not focused on getting it done or getting it off your computer so you can do the other seven projects you've overbooked for yourself or whatever you have going on. Yeah. It's like. You know, you just want to stay in a good place with it, and that's that's a major key to this shit. Yeah, I love. I mean, that that's kind of perfect because that circles us back around to, you know, what you were saying in the beginning is that you always want to keep this about having fun, and it's something like a couple episodes ago I was having having a conversation with a photographer out here, and it's, you know, every job can become a job, even you know, whenever we're as blessed as we are to like be creatives and stuff, we can have those hard days and like you get stressed and there's deadlines and like all that shit you have to work through. Mm -hmm. But um if you don't like keep yourself locked into the fact that you get to have fun for a living and just like make cool shit. Like we're not mm -hmm. like like the worst day as a creative, I feel like would be better than our best day as lawyers. Cause that's just not how we're functioning. And so like, you know, retaining that, like that mindset is so, so important. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious at this point in your life, uh, as we kind of wrap this thing up, mm -hmm. where, where do you want to go from here? Do you want to direct? Do you want to, are you, are you just like happy in the zone you're in now? How do you see the, the future of your career unfolding, um, with, with how, you know, crazy things have gotten up to this point? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, dude, for me, basically, look, I'm one of like this, the way I introduced my whole self as far as, dude, I just started doing this for fun and found out I could make a living doing it. Um, that's very much so how I continue to live um, because it, it's, it's mostly for me, like, you know, I feel like I would rather continue to be, I, I'd rather continue to work on myself and be an adaptable, creative, friendly, positive individual that can be thrown into any situation or, or presented with any situation and, and make something out of it. Um, and know that essentially I am the thing that is creating structure out of chaos than to have some crystalline idea of the future structure that will be, because you know how it is, dude, we make plans and it doesn't, and things change. Yeah. Um, but it is also important to make plans. So like the plans that I do have essentially First of all, I'm super happy with where I'm at. Like, I never expected to be here. This is amazing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm happy with this for sure. Um, but it's all about growing, man. So I'm literally just, I treat everything like college. And that was another thing. Like, since I dropped out of college, it's like, well, then I'm yeah. always going to be learning. So I literally look at it like, dude, I get paid to learn. I get paid to experiment. I get paid to practice. And, and um I want to continue to do that. And essentially, you know, the roles of all the things, directing, producing, this or that, they really just don't mean much to me. Like if I'm creating, I'm creating. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm editing, like I just, I feel like I'm making a video. I feel like I'm creating and I'm currently going, uh, you know, I'm directing some projects as well. Um, 
and that's fun too. And I just don't, I don't necessarily put too much weight on any situation because it, it's, I, I want to be like, I think of like, I look at someone like Childish Gambino and I get super inspired because yo, he okay. acts, he writes, he sings, he, he does everything. He does everything. And that's how I like to look at myself is like, I don't, I'm not trying to like, okay, let me be like, edit man and just edit i'll be the best editor it's like dude i want to do like sometimes you're in the lab too much bro and you gotta like yeah. get out and do things other stuff man i need balance <laughs> yeah, right it's, so yeah. where i look at taking things is essentially i want to continue to bring jobs to north carolina i've been very blessed to be able to do that in the past few years like all of my friends that are creatives i've been able to bring them opportunities that i've been tapped into whether it's having my friends in Fayetteville edit the Justin Bieber behind the scenes or, you know, just all kinds of things like that. Um, that's a blessing. So I'm, I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose there right now. I'm, I'm a lot about staying in the present, like, because we can get too wrapped up in the future, you know. Uh, but ultimately, the big plan, the big giant goal that might take 15, 20 years, and I'm super cool with that, is I want to build a creative cabin, compound, campus, whatever you want to call it. But just imagine a cabin in the woods you pull, I'm like, Ayo Babin, slide through, slide through to the bonfire cabin. You're going to pull up and there's woods and there's a trail. And you go down this trail and it opens up. There's a lake and a cabin and like there's ATVs and, and kayaks. And it looks like a recreational uh, lounge facility center. You're like, what is this? And you go in and it's like, dude, there's co-working space. There's music recording space. There's video studios. It's a place where you can come and work and run your creative business. Um, but also you can tap out, go on a walk in nature, go fishing in the lake, go hit the jet ski, like go play in the garden, like, you know, go sit by the fire pit and like enjoy your life. Um, so I want to create like a living working space for Carolina creatives because we don't have that. And I want to be able to bring the, the, biz, the, the jobs that will sustain something like that and have them executed there at the facility. Um, so basically build a place where I can run my creative business in the future and then other people can come on some WeWork type shit, come vibe out with me, Shangri-La vibes, let's make stuff right here in Carolina. That's that's like yeah. my I was that's my like big giant goal. Damn. That's super inspiring, man. Yo, I'm really, really stoked we made this happen. Glad you came on. We, I think we did a good balance. Like I brought in, I made you talk technical. I wanted to know about, about the, the process and you definitely uh, dropped a bunch of, of inspiration and motivation for so many creatives that I'm sure are watching. And I know like for me, definitely taking away that, that constant reminder that like, we're all just having fun. This is what we do for a living. Let's, let's make good art and stay focused on that art and not uh, get too wrapped up in the, uh, all, all the all the other garbage that can come along with that, you know? For sure. Hey, and you know what? For the super type A type person that walked, listened to this whole episode and was like, what? I didn't learn anything about editing. Bro, organize <laughs> your stuff. Just be super organized. Just keep making stuff. You'll get better. Keep watching stuff. Stay inspired. If you're organized and you're making stuff, you're in the right. You're doing what you need to be doing. Other than that, you just need to be patient and put yourself out there. That's like the actual tip tips, but... For the most part, man, it's it's bigger, you know, we, we got to remember not to put ourselves into boxes, you know, like Babin is this, cre I look at you as like, wow, dude, you've done all this YouTube stuff and all the like 
I, I look at all the stuff you've done and it's easy to put you in that box, but it's like, bro, dude, you're a human, man. You need, you need walks yeah. too, man. You need to stay hydrated yeah. too, bro. Um, we're all humans, man. So no matter who you're working with, even with this, with yourself, like treat yourself with, with human respect, man. Like take care of yourself, get away from the computer, get you a standing desk so you don't have to sit all day <laughs> as an editor. Y'all hit me up, man. If y'all want direct tips, well, we can talk on the gram or something. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let, let them know where if people want to work with you or, or connect with you, what, where's the best place to do it? For sure. Um, at Mark Mayer on Instagram. That's M-A-R-K-M-A-Y-R. Um, that is like my main social network. So I'm on there. You can definitely reach out. Happy to answer questions. Um, yeah, man, that's that's the best way. Dude, Babin, thank you so much, bro. I mean, Thank you for having me on this. Um, always looked up to you. It's you've been super fun. It's been super fun to watch your journey, especially being that we're so similar. We worked at the same company. We do a lot of the same stuff. I'm sure we have more in common than we are even aware of. Um, so dude, thank sure. you so much for having me on this, bro. What you're doing right now, trying to create this kind of content for people is super, super useful. Um, I consume plenty of content like this from all kinds of people. So it's an honor to be involved in yours, man. So thank you so much. Thank you.